you know, uh, beating out my own uh, weakness and procrastination every step of the way, I was able to form the good habit and by way of that, the discipline connecting with people in a way that I wanted to reach out to them. So I've always been truly me at whatever season I was in. And so this part that's been a part of my life now for over not almost four years is just a culmination, remembering who I was, always reminding myself, I deserve to be happy. I deserve to have the things that I say that I want. Also, the people around me get the haddles too, because it's not just me at the end of the day. It's how I'm able to affect and build other people up around me. And I did that with you as we were talking about it at times with, you know, having conversations with all my friends, whether it was, you know, Creamy Kurt, who has his business now, or, you know, when I left Detroit, I inspired a lot of people, you know, Ron Ramsey and all these other people. Now he's a comedian and actor and all these people I inspired. They didn't, they didn't know that I could, but I did. And so I just remember that I've always been a person that's an innovator in that way. And that's a part of me too. So as I continue to step into the person, and Rumi has this great quote, as you walk on the way appears, you know, what you are seeking is seeking you. And so I always put myself in a place where I knew that I was going to be better off in the long run. But right now, I just need to do what I need to do. So stepping into this was that whole culmination of all those type of life learned lessons and evaluations and things like that, that we want to put off to the side and really establishing what truly is going to bring joy to me, what's going to make me feel the most fulfilled. And so that's what I, you know, that's what I basically did. I did not know that I was, I wanted to be the next Les Brown. But then when I stepped into that path of doing the speaking and understanding what that looks like, I didn't want to be the next Les Brown. I wanted to be the next me. Right, that's yeah. more profound than being a, a knockoff of someone else. Or, you know, it's great to have mentorships and we all, we all stand on the shoulders of giants. Mm-hmm. I started realizing my worth, then everything start to fall into place. And that's yeah, what that it is. Really does. So, it really does. You said a bunch of great things, amazing things, because I know, like, you know, sometimes we get knocked down so much. You know, I lost both of my parents. I, I believe you've done this, yeah. you know. Things happen to you. The last you five years, the, yeah. For me. Yes, you're yeah. going to the you're going into this like this whole like holiday season, but this season feels a little bit better because I feel a little more stronger. I'm going to therapy, stuff like that. I have my therapist, she talks to me, we have a real good conversations, and she just you know reassures me, but I also do a lot of prayer and meditation and I'll change myself. I was talking about it earlier, but I'm not afraid to get knocked down because like you said, you get knocked, I, you know, we can't betray. So it's like some people are you and learn how hard, but Heart is heart is something you're born with. So I feel like when, you, when I get knocked down, it's like I, I always say to myself, "Good." Not how you get knocked down. It's, no, it's it's about how you get up. How do you retreat? You know, and it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. So for me, it's like sometimes I, you know, the holiday season just makes me a little like emotional. Like I feel like I'm on my period or something. <laughs> because you like you be like, oh my god, why am I so you know be tearing up watching the TV show? Like oh. so, it's kind of like I really think it's an amazing journey because now I feel like it's okay to cry. It's okay to you know help your friends in times of need and have them help you when you need something. Need 
Um, because it does take a village. It takes a village to raise a dream, to raise a family, to raise a lot of things. And a lot of times, a lot of us, we forget that. And I do too. So I try to remind myself, like, okay, did you ask Jeff how was his day? <laughs> those little it's things. One of those things. Yeah. One of the things also, which I, with vision, to go back to your other question, the big, one of the biggest cultivators of vision is environment. John Maxwell and his 15 invaluable laws of growth talks into the law of environment. You know, we only grow in conducive environments. Why not be nice to that person walking on the street? Why not give that person a pat on the back? Why not, you know, give a smile or a nice glance instead of with our heads down as we're walking through life? Uh, I just don't agree if we truly are about the up to good things, taking that away from the human you know, the human ideal, you know, if it's not humane, then it's insane. It, ha- it should be a place for every, in all of our hearts to be able to put people, you know, first for a minute, or at least understand that the shoe that fits one person pinches the other, as Carl Jung talks about in there, you know, there's no one way that really, you know, fits any individual and everybody has gone through it hard or harder than we have, you know, and, right, yeah. and, and, and still are still here. And that our rise, right? And, and yeah, and we're here. And I'm telling people, it's real difficult when you do some of the things that you do and you think back to yourself, what you've done. Because sometimes, like I said before, we push things in the back of our mind because it was a traumatic experience or because of something, you know, didn't go our way. I tend to like, you know, focus on, oh, I'm all present in the future. So for me, I'm all, I like to be in the present, but I'm always in the future. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the generation. So it's like, for me, like you said, like if I see it, I believe it, I achieve it. It's true. Like I was still in coloring books and crayons and comic books. And now, you know, it's just amazing. Like you work, I'm, you know, I'm getting emails. It's so funny how alchemy and visualization works and just even speaking things in, into existence. Mm-hmm. Because like, for instance, we were just talking about Eminem. And I just told my I was still in comic books. And now, uh, you know, I work with Marvel. So it's just kind of like, it's kind of great. And they got Marvel and Spider-Man, like, having a wrap off. So it's kind of great. And, people, you know, being around that energy and just, you know, being a dreamer. Like, I love dreaming. And when I dream and I achieve, and, and like you said, environment does play a part. And I, I, I give hats off to our moms and our parents who put us in certain programs like magnet schools and fought for us and said, my son should be in this magnet school or be in this type of school because we're in an environment where we're around kids who are from different nationalities, different races, social, social economic statuses. And being around kids who are millionaires and billionaires, literally were and spoke fluent languages, really does change your soul. Even if I wasn't a millionaire, billionaire as a kid, and I didn't have access to all those language programs in high school, but we did have access to it. But I wasn't as fluent as the other kids, but just hearing them speak, you know, Chinese, you know, and I took Chinese classes. People don't realize I, I took Chinese and Spanish. People don't realize I graduated from Cornell in three years. It was very difficult. I went to year uh, school year round. And, you know, being in a school and I joined Alpha, Alpha chapter, which is very distinguishable from the other chapters. Because you, first of all, first of all, the first intercollegiate fraternal organization is Alpha Alpha. Mm-hmm. Our founding members started, a.k.a. at Howard. So it's just very interesting, the dynamic, the Black fraternity sorority system. You know, we couldn't get in fraternities and sororities in, in Cornell. You know, so they so they had to start a chapter 100 and something 10 years ago, 15 years ago, December 6, 1906. Oops, they're going to kill me. I messed up that date, but what it, around that time. 
So, um, yeah. <laughs> but it was a beautiful thing because you can feel when you go to different places, you can feel the uh, negativity of the average hour. You can feel the um, the heaviness and weight of the chains that went through certain towns as well as, you know, people controlling your mind and how you can be around places and how you can feel that. But people don't understand a lot of these schools that are Ivy and a lot of these schools that are prestigious, like University of Michigan, those are schools that our founding fathers went to. So those schools are, are trying to make a big difference in the change. But, you know, as a person of color, going to that school is different. It's very difficult. Everything is against you. So when you're in that school, all the resourcefulness that we learned as children, I was able to use that at school. And I was able to use that mentality because, you know, you got to remember when you go to a school that has 20,000 kids that go there and it's Ivy League, you know, the number one suicide rate more than Harvard because we, our school, our grades are weighted and it's still in. So if you get a bad grade at Cornell or F, you get that in your transcript. It's not like Harvard. You got memory. But for me, it was even worse because I'm only 3% of the minorities on campus or people of color, marginalized people that realize they're, you know, of color, you know, Latin. And then I'm from Detroit, so, you know, everybody's there and they, they listen to different music and they're from, you know, New York and they're from overseas. Everybody had a BMW and a Mercedes Benz and I had my feet. So it's just very difficult, you know, and I have all the odds against me. And so like, you know, you don't realize what you got until you wake up one day. And today I had an epiphany by talking to friends like you that we really have to take our, um, go sit down for a minute and realize that you made it this far, you'll make it further. And you have to like cut the noise and take all the bullshit, put some earplugs in your ear and say, and, let, and meditate on your own. Because naysayers are always going to be there. People don't believe you. People talk about you. That's going to be there. Who cares? The real thing is, I'm, my talk about is, how did you like my last event? <laughs> you're only as good as your last project and that's why i love this world that we are in and we understood that we understood the assignment because basically you know i have my books to remind me i have my the magazine issues to remind me that are print tablet and abroad and i have the amazing clients paid and non-paid you still a client who cares you client you know if you give me access to you and vice versa you my client i treat you as such there is no such thing as you did it for free no you sound stupid and that goes back to what you were saying earlier. You know, if you accept something from somebody, give me give me your all. And even if you give me a couple of dollars or a couple of 10 Gs, I don't care. I'm going to still treat each of you equally the same. Now, and that's just, and I think that goes to show we grew up with nothing. If you think about it, and we came into something, and we're going to continue to do something and make ties work. That's why I wanted to talk to you. Is there one word that you would best describe yourself that we should know about and how you can know? Um, how you define that word? Wow. One word. I guess, um, wow, that's a hard one. Overcomer or uh, that, that's no, that's don't do too much. Don't do too much. You, you already said overcomer. What's an overcomer? Person, like no matter what happens in life over and over, still rising to the occasion. Wow. Yeah. Like a phoenix. Yeah. I mean, we, we always in a place that's transformative. We're always we're always changing whether we're aware of the change or not. And I think it's an art to being able to take on the things that we say that we want to do and do them and then also do them well. And uh, and so I've been blessed to be able, whatever that I've done, to be able to follow through on 
to uh, such an extent that people remember me for that. I have, you know, friendships that have lasted, a lot of friendships that have lasted a very long time, lots of, of different uh, things that I've done with business that has lasted a long time. And so um, definitely persistent, you know, if, if it was an ad, I'm, I'm a persistent person as well. And I think that's part of the overcomer part. I mean, overcomers, they have a character, right? They have the right attitude. Uh, they persevere. They endure. But also overcomer, I always use the word overcome when I was a little kid. And I'm um, sorry to interrupt you, but I, I saw something and I looked it up. So I was like, what's overcomer? Because <laughs> uh, I'm like, you know, and um, I know what, I never heard of the terminology. Oddly enough, yeah, I went to the corner and I stuff from a nerd, but yeah, I know overcomer. I never said that. Duh. I said overcome. So I, you know, for me, I looked it up and it's, it's a biblical term. So you, you know, your mom was always like, y'all go to church. I was like, I'm past this one. Sit this one out, my. <laughs> but at the same time, it's a biblical term. And it's so interesting that you said that because it says to whom, to he, who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Revelation 2-7. Wow. Yeah. The word overcomer and the word, I mean, the meaning of Greek, so in Greek meaning is being victorious, prevailing, conquering, and overcoming. I think that's dope. Because I never, I mean, honestly, I'm going to be real because, I, I mean, that's the whole point. I want, yeah, I want you to send that, send that to me. Send that I to know, my I message. Yeah, that's crazy because I didn't know. Oh, I could have shared this on the screen too. But. <laughs> That's awesome. But I didn't yeah. know that because for me, I mean, I always use the word, you know, every debate class I was in or all the way through Cornell, debating and stuff, doing parliamentary procedures, the president, the, I mean, the uh, Pan-Olympic Council, or the fraternity of swords and stuff, which I, I did that really young. I didn't, I didn't know I did so much stuff. I had so much PTSD that, um, that I had to move forward. That I put things in compartments and locked them shut. And then talking to you, you said overcomer. I, you know, you know me. I'm, you know, I'm gonna do what I gotta do. Research, boom. And then that's a biblical term. And then your butt talking about, you know, you're very, your family, your mom was very um, religious, and so are you. So I mean, you know, that was great to to see how that came out of that context. But yeah, man, um, you know, you taught us a lot today, and I appreciate your time. So now it's your new evolution for doing events and everything. I can't wait to to do some things alongside with what you're doing. And I think, right, you know, I think one of the things that we should think about too is we have some couple of people, like I said before, we have, they have some art designs that we're going to do. Because, you know, for me, you know, when I was flown down to our Basel, I was talking to somebody with a Jaguar Land Rover. And we, I, I was the first, one of the first African-Americans like, sitting at F-Type, which is the car that was designed by one of the Aston Martin designers. But that car was like everything to me. And I felt like James Bond, like James Bond. And so for me, um, going to Art Basel around when that car came out, and I really heard about the world and been in, you know, you know, saw it, whatever. And people reported on it for 360, but to go as a guest and, you know, somebody pays for your hotel and then you end up at a wallpaper magazine party. I was like, you know, it's kind of cool. I love wallpaper. Because wallpaper magazine is like one of my favorite magazines. And so to be in that space and see them doing that art exhibition and then Kelly Rowan coming in or something, you know, you in the same room with those people, that's kind of beautiful. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like, you know, sometimes you have to realize you gotta, it's not about the battle. Dream.